0: Good morning. Morning. This is the day the Lord has made. I just check and see if you forgot. If I may have, thank you. And Kelly, I'm so glad you do the announcements. He was doing so many announcements that I tell you what, if I had a recliner, I would have been out. Only he's got enough energy to do them announcements. Because I I guarantee you for sure, if it were me, I'd say, read the bulletin. Let's go. (laughs) Amen. And so, it's so good to be here today. And uh, I want to thank Pastor Aaron for giving me this opportunity because God has laid this message upon my heart several months ago and said I was to preach this, and nothing else. I, I mean you know, how many know when God says you do it? You go, "Yes, sir." <laughs> you don't say, "Well, let me think no, yes, sir." And so so I want to thank you. I, I want to tell you, God has raised up your pastor for such a time as this. Amen. I could not. I could not do what all he's doing. I mean, he's got a three-ring circus going on and you don't see me in a top hat, let me tell you. <laughs> man, oh man. And uh, he's like, "You ever gone to the circus and seen the juggler?" That's Aaron. He's yeah. juggling and he's keeping things going and such. And uh, <clears throat> If I would have had to be here to be the pastor with that for the building and all everything else, no, you'd find me some in a corner somewhere talking to myself. (laughs) And so, God has raised up people and uh, supplied uh, the need and such. I just excited in the movie. Secretariat, there is a, my favorite part of the entire flick was when Secretariat comes around that last corner, and in the movie they, he taught me how, you know, you yeah, and I, and I cry every time because I'm just touched by that music, but he was 31 links ahead of the next horse he was so far ahead that Lucius Lauren was his trainer was in the stands and he had the race secured but there's only one thing only one thing that could stop him from winning the race and that is if Ronnie Turcott had fallen off the horse And so Lucius Lauren actually happened. Lucius Lauren yelled out in all that screaming and everything, Ronnie, Ronnie, don't fall off. (laughs) Amen. And that's what I'm saying to you. We're in the last days of this world. Don't fall off. You've got it. The race is won. Jesus Christ has already defeated the enemy. Don't fall off. Amen and amen. I want you to, uh, I want to go to Daniel chapter 12, verses 4 and 9. And uh, I want to talk about biblical prophecy But I want you to look at the scripture, first of all, before we go there. Proverbs 29, 18. Look at this, please, up here. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Let me give you the Hebrew, another Hebrew interpretation of this. But uh, it says, where there is no prophetic revelation is actually what the Hebrew is dealing with. Where there is no prophetic revelation, the people cast off restraint or the people perish. And so what I want to do is stir you today. My goal, I, let me rephrase this. God's goal today is to stir you so that you are alive, in the knowledge that Jesus Christ is coming back very, very soon. I want to sing a song here for Jerry, and just uh, I'm going to sing it. I usually say acapoco, but it's a cappella. <laughs> when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul Join me. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. Amen. amen. How many you say amen to that? Amen. It is well. So I want you to focus in on a jot jot Proverbs 29, 18 down because you and I need prophetic vision for what lies ahead. And I'm going to show you why, okay? So you may want to, I urge you to get a pencil and paper out and write down these scriptures because I am giving you some prophetic proof of what Jesus, what God has, has done, is doing, and will do. Okay? Now, first of all, let's go to Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. Daniel gets all this revelation, and it says, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Boy, that's depicting today. Then go down to verse 9, and he does it again. And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. I believe that time of the end is here. It is now. All right. Amen and amen. The prophetic word is important for us to understand and for us to deal with. Now. You have the prophetic word that talked about. Now, I want to show you how important and the proof of the prophetic word, okay? They're in the scriptures. First of all, in the prophetic word, you had the return of the Jews, okay? You had the return of the Jews in Ezekiel 36, 24, and Zechariah 8, 8. I should say Ezekiel 36, 24. I, did I say 24? I'm saying 24. Ezekiel 36, 24. And Zechariah 8.8. The Old Testament is filled with the Jews prophes- prophesying that the Jews will come back to Israel. And that has been happening in a great and mighty way. Amen. Secondly, the re- return to live in Jerusalem. We've seen here in our last few years how Jerusalem has made, been made the capital city. And how the Jews have come back to to reside there in Jerusalem. And you'll see that in Zechariah 8, verses 3 to 8. Jerusalem shall be reestablished. Amen. And you'll see that in Zechariah 8, verse 3. Amen. Now, you'll see me refer to a lot in Zechariah because, I mean, it's just, it's there. But there there is tons of scriptures that are in the Old Testament that refer to the last days that I won't even begin to scratch on today. One person said that there was about 300 prophecies dealing with the second coming of Christ. 300 prophecies. Michael Stoner said, for one person to fulfill 40 prophecies, that, is, that has a chance of Thirteen trillion to one for that person to fulfill forty prophecies, and Jesus is fulfilling more than three hundred. Is He coming? Amen. Amen. The temple shall be built in Zechariah six fifteen. We now have the utensils. We have the garments. We have the red he- the ashes of the red heifer or, or red heifer. Amen. That was used ceremonially that to cleanse and such. They People said, well, there's no red heifer. Now all of a sudden there's red heifer. They said, well, we, 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 there's, you, can't, you can't show us where the, the tribe of the Kohen or the priestly tribe, the Levitical tribe, That there's no record of them. And now they have the priestly tribe record and they have people of of the Cohen tribe of the priestly tribe are being trained right now in in this in the art of sacrificial ministry there in the temple. All they're needing is just a temple built. They've got everything else. Is something going on, folks? Amen. Now, let's get in the in the, in the uh New Testament. You have the end of the age where Christ taught about the end of the age in Matthew 24 verses 3 to 14. Okay? Amen. In there he talked about false Christ, wars and rumors of wars, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, persecution, offense, hatred, false prophets, sin rampant, love growing cold, and the gospel preached everywhere. And that is happening. Also in the last days, 2 Timothy, and I'd urge you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3 because I want you to see this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 1. I'll give you time to get there. You know me, I or some of you know me, put it that way, that I give you a scripture. I'm going to give you time to get there. Amen. When I was growing up a preacher would say, Turn it." sudden son, by the time I turn he's off on another scripture, I went, Hey, wait, come back here. You know. And uh, I, I vowed to try to keep from doing that. Second Timothy chapter three, I want you to look at this. But know this that in the last days, look at that word. Perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power from such people turn away. Is that describing today? Yeah. <laughs> I hope to shot, baby. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. So I want you to know these verses because that word perilous there in the Greek text, it has more more definition for the word just perilous. It also means angry and vicious. Amen. How many know that it really fits now? Amen. Also, I want you to go to another verse of Scripture. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It's important that you go to this verse of Scripture. Okay? Here again, I'll give you time to get there. Because I don't know about you, but i got these little pages, these thin little pages in my Bible, and it's like you got boxing gloves on. You can't turn. How many know what I'm talking about? You're going... Yeah. Okay, come on here, Morris. There we go. Second Thessalonians chapter two. I want you to look at this now, now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him. What's that talking about? That's an answerable question. Now let me read it again. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you, what's that referring to? Viral, what's that referring to? That's referring to rapture. How many would agree with that? Him gathering us together. Okay? But I want you to stay with me now. Verse 2. Not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by a letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. And He calls it the day of Christ. Verse 3 is where I really want you to focus on. Let no one deceive you by any means. That word deceive is very important. We'll deal with that in just a minute. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come. Got that? Look at that. That day will not come unless a falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. What's going to happen before the Antichrist comes? A falling away. A falling away. Folks, the enemy is a master of deception. Follow, follow with me. He knows how to, and I'll, in just a moment I'll show you how he attaches himself to good things, right things, certain things to camouflage what he's actually doing, okay? He's a master at it, and guess what? He even uses the church to do it, amen. And so we know that this falling away, what's happening to us right now, what's happening to you right now is the enemy's desire to lull you asleep and so that you do not focus in on that prophetic vision that Jesus Christ is coming back. That everything's everything's cool. We just go on the same old same old day after day. Same old same old same old and we just keep on going. And he wants to take away that hope and that desire of Jesus Christ coming back that you know is going to take place because Zachariah says it, amen. Matthew says it, Timothy says it, hallelujah. You know it's going to take place. But he wants you to get away from that. Why? Why does he do that? Because if he can get you away from understanding that and holding on to that, don't ever eat a uh, Hershey's almond candy bar before you preach. <laughs> the almonds are. Hmm. So if you see me go Pfft, like that, you know. I'm not trying to be gross. And I'll, tr- I'll try not to aim it at you there, brother. Just... What the enemy wants to do is get you away from the reality of that Jesus Christ is coming back. Zechariah says in chapter 9 that Jesus Christ, or he said that the Messiah would ride into Jerusalem on a colt on a fowl of a donkey. There in Zechariah 9. That happened, didn't it? Then he comes along in chapter 14 and says that Jesus Christ, or the Messiah, will come back and will set his foot on the Mount of Olives and will establish the kingdom of God here on earth. Now, if he was right in chapter 9, why wouldn't he be right in chapter 14? Let me go on. i to make sure that stool's there because I wouldn't want to aim and miss. <laughs> Let me describe something to you. A person said, Let there be a gradual change of government into tyranny, turning away from God, a turning to dependency upon the government, a counterfeit religion, and acceptance of cultic practices. Sound like today? It wasn't. The historian Josephus said that about Nimrod clear back in the book of Genesis. This is what Nimrod was going and was doing there back in the Middle East, there around the the Babylon area. He was doing the same things that is happening now. Got it? If it works, don't change it. You see what the enemy is doing. Let me read that again. A gradual change from government into tyranny. Turning away from God. A turning to dependency upon the government. A counterfeit religion. Boy, there's a lot of them. Acceptance of cultic practices. Amen. And this is why this this church, when when they go up, when we go up to, to the other church, we're going to break a root of cultic practice. And I don't know how many of you realize that. There's going to be cultic practice broke because there's a new sheriff in town. Hmm? Hmm? Amen. There's a new sheriff in town. Come down here, young man, who's who's as handsome as his father. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, that's my youngest son. You're not laughing now. I don't know mm. Jeanette, did you say poor kid? <laughs> if I could throw. Oh, if I could throw. <laughs> Amen. A UN official, uh, he's a head of the, he's a he's a head of a department in in the UN said this. We must eliminate patriotism, individualism, loyalty to family, eliminate God to achieve one world order. See, I want, I want you to be awake to what's all going on. Amen. I don't want you to be the frog in the, in, the, in the kettle when the water gets turned up. You just sit there and you get cooked. I want you to realize what's going on. Amen we have the repetition of history taking place. There are a number of times when Satan tried to take over this world and, 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 and implore and plug in the one world government where he would be in control. He tried it with Nimrod. He tried it with Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was in control of the most of the known world. Not all, but most of the known world. But I love this part. When you go to Daniel chapter 4, you'll see who stopped him. God stopped this man. Toward that this man turned and became a believer in God and thwarted the enemy's plans. And Satan went, I gotta get rid of him. So then Satan brings in Xerxes, and Xerxes comes in. And what happens there? Same thing. God supplies miracles. God supplies ministry, amen. And Xerxes becomes a believer. Satan goes, what's this? Alexander comes in. Alexander the Great with a Greek. And this, this one I really like. This guy's gonna control the world. I'm gonna have control of the world through this guy. Alexander comes up and he's outside of Jerusalem. And he's, he's, he, 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 goes, he goes to sleep. He rests before tomorrow he's going to attack Jerusalem. And while he's asleep, God moves upon him and says to him and shows him a, a image, a picture, so to speak, but an image of the high priest in all of his garb. And he said, if you touch them people, I will kill you. Now, how'd you like that little threat from God? Hey, yeah, you can take that to the bank. And Alexander woke up and said, what in the world? He never seen the high priest. The high priest in all his garb did not come out of the holy place until that day. The high priest, for some odd reason, that priest said, I'm going to put on the turban. I'm going to put on the breastplate. I'm going to put on the holy, holy clothes. And the, and, the, and the high priest walked out of Jerusalem and stood there. And Alexander went, oh. And Alexander came up and bowed down to him. He said, I've seen you in a dream, and I will not touch, for you are the holy people of God. And the high priest prayed for him. Well, it's about time, my goodness. (laughs) Who's my God? Who's my God? Hallelujah. Well, you got something so big it's going to overcome you. Man, you haven't seen my God yet. Hallelujah. You got stage four cancer. You haven't seen my God yet. You're going to die. You haven't seen my God yet. Amen. Amen. That's a little private preaching, so some of you. Amen. Now, deception, put that up. Deception, thank you, Ellen, is the name of the game. I want you to be educated enough to where you recognize what the enemy is really doing. He's wanting to deaden your senses to the Spirit of God to the word of God and he's wanting to take control because he can't whip you unless you let him. He can't take you unless you allow him to do that because you and I have been given dominion over this world according to Genesis chapter one, verse 26 and 28. We've been given dominion and Satan knows that we have to give him dominion if he's going to win. Why else did when he tempted Christ, he, he took Christ up on a hill and he said, I'll give you all of these kingdoms that have been given to me. Who gave him them? God didn't give him them. Who gave him them kingdoms? Adam and the genealogy of Adam gave him the kingdoms. It's like when we vote for those when we vote for those who are who are not of God and who are out out you know just totally corrupt and and deceitful and such. We are giving our dominion over to the enemy. Okay. Now, so you'll see this deception name of the game. Matthew twenty four eleven. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 9 and 10. I want you to jot these down. Don't be standing there looking at me. Jot these down. You're going to need these. Let me go again. Matthew 24, 11. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 9 and 10. Matthew 24, 11. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 9 and 10. 2 Timothy 3, verses 13. And Revelation 12, verses 9. And Revelation 12, ver, or excuse me, Revelation 20, verse 3. All of them talk about the deception of the enemy who deceives the world. Okay? Now, here's where I'm going to challenge some of you. And you're probably going to say, get a rope, hang that preacher. <laughs> if you're going to hang me, get a get a new rope. Okay. Amen. I want you to jot this down. Piggyback deception. This is how Satan will deceive so many people. He takes a good issue. He takes a good situation. He takes good people at times. But who are ignorant of his deceptive practices. And he'll work behind them, and he'll put them off as a shield so that people will see them and not what he's doing. Now stay with me. He does this with religion. In Revelation chapter 17, verse 3, it talks about the great harlot that is riding on the beast. Now the beast is the political organization of the Antichrist, the Antichrist and his political organization. The the church, the false church, the the, the corrupted church, and whatever however, the Bible calls it, or, or harlot, will be riding on that beast, okay? You are actually seeing the development of many of the church, or churches, that are being drawn in to this union with the one world government. One world culture. And it's happening right now. Amen. And that's why God chooses little chubby preachers to ring out a message. Okay, so he uses church, uses religion. Number two, he uses academia. He has used higher learning, use, using it as a disguise. He's, he's promoted socialism, communism, and, and more so, anti-Semitism. One, one great Jewish philosopher, when the Nazis were killing all the Jews, they asked him, where did the anti-Semitism come from? And you know what he said? The universities. It's a fact. It's a fact. The university spawned anti-Semitism. Amen. That helped to kill six million Jews, and that we're just talking Jews. We're not talking about the millions of Christians. Okay. Now don't we out on me now. Stay with me. How many's with me? Amen. I hope you are when I get done with this one. Okay. Another issue that we face today, Black Lives Matter. He, Satan attacks, attaches himself to a, a, a good issue, but he tries to use it to destroy. Climate change. I'm looking around going, see if anybody's going, <laughs> you touch my sacred cow of climate change? Climate change, the climate is changing. I give you that. But it's not setting very many records, is it? When you watch the news, look at the temperature record. But yeah, that's changing. Listen to me, what I'm about to tell you. This is very vital, okay? How many say, Pastor, I'm listening? How many say, Pastor, I'm listening, but I'm lying right to you. I'm not listening at all. Oh, I'd, oh, I'd come and <laughs> preach right to you. Okay. Write this down. Klaus, K L A U S, like Santa Claus. Klaus Schwab. Schwab. S C H A W B. Is the leader of the World Economic Forum. Okay? Now, this is happening right now. And it's been happening. They have a, it has a whole group of investors, business leaders, political leaders, economists, celebrities, and journalists. And they are setting the world up for one world government. You can catch it on YouTube. Don't take my word for it. Go on YouTube. And if anybody says that they are pushing for one world government, they say, Conspirations! conspirators, you are conspirators. But then you turn right around listen to them and say, well, you know, this work is workers for one world government. Let me give you a couple words to watch and listen for. Reset. The great reset. Well, what are they resetting? Control the world. Alright? The great reset. Keep that in mind. Okay? Amen. And uh, where's the other one at? I, oh. Oh. I thought I put it down here. Yep, I'll, I'll, if I think of it a little late, I'll throw it out. Okay. This is happening right now. These leaders are gathering together, and they are setting, and Swab, and the, the man that most of you come to love and honor, George Soros, <laughs> said, now's the time for the great, great reset. Now's the time. What's that say to you? They know it's about ready. Amen. Okay? Now, let me move move on to my antagonistic ways. Political parties. Abortion, homosexuality, transgenderism. They're using these sins to attack and wear down the enemy. If the Bible says it's wrong... It is wrong. Amen. 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 And here's, here's one. Labor unions. He'll attach himself. He'll piggyback to an organization so that he can bring down that government. And labor unions many times were used to bring, to bring in communism, socialism there in Russia and so on. Nazism so on. This is why you've got to be educated to what you don't allow, to what's going on, and that you don't allow yourself to be linked up with garbage, with trash. All right? Young people, teenagers, young people, transgenderism is wrong. 80% of your transgender people change later on back to where they were created. 80%, 20% 80%, 20% are killing themselves because of the confusion that that sets in. And the government or the establishment wants to blame, well, it's because of your thinking. No, whenever you bring, James chapter 3 talks about confusion. Whenever you bring in confusion, it opens up the door to every evil thing. You'll see it in James chapter 3 verse 17. Okay? When confusion comes in, boom. This is why church, look at me. This is why this country needs you to continue to just in a loving, tender way but still stand the truth, stand on that truth and say, "No, it is wrong. God made Male and female, amen, and just because you think it doesn't make it so that you're something else. We have a man here who is a janitor, and he's he's working in a school system, and they have a sandbox put in the bathroom because kids think they're a cat. (laughs) Am I right? Yeah, he said, I ain't cleaning up that mess. to one of our more well-known schools. So, but anyway, yeah. yeah, that's happening. But you see, whenever, jot down these verses of Scripture and examine them later on. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. And examine them with the common thing what does the knowledge of God give you? Okay, let me do that again. 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 2, 3, and 4. He's okay, Mark. That's my buddy back there. Hallelujah. thats I don't know if you interpret that, but I interpret it. It's called amen. All right? That's my pal. So anyway, you read them verses, and you see what... What that's talking about and what knowledge will do for you, the right kind of knowledge, the truth based knowledge, what it will do for you. I'll give you a little hint. It'll give you all things that pertain to life and godliness Amen. is one of the verses. But you check it out. I'm almost done. In in closing. You better better fill in to somebody who don't know about this. Okay. My question to you is, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Now I'm going to show you something that's going to pique your interest. And stay with me. I want to show you how God thinks in many ways. I can't show you how all God thinks. His mind, you know. It's, my mind is like a little pebble on a beach that's where, where Aaron's sitting on compared to all the sand, God's mind. <laughs> Give me a break. The patterns of God. The Old Testament feasts are called, the that we deal with the spring feasts, okay? You have four of them. The unleavened bread, first fruits, Passover, and the Feast of Weeks. This is where all the believers, all I should say believers, all the Jewish men were called to gather together. Now, Christ fulfilled four of the feasts, the spring feasts. Now stay with me, you're going to find this interesting. The Feast of Unleavened Bread in John chapter 6 verse 35. You'll see it right there on the board. Jot that down. Christ fulfilled it. He became the unleavened bread. I am the bread of life. Amen. Number two, he was the first fruits, fulfilling the feast of the first fruits. You'll see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 and 23. There you go. Jot these down. And of course, Passover, which we really, you know, we know much more about. We celebrate is 1 Corinthians 5, 7, he became that Passover lamb, fulfilling the Passover. Jesus said, I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And this is what he's been doing and has done. The Feast of Weeks is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And that's what we're especially known for. The lousy Pentecostals, they're crazy, they're wild, fanatical. They believe in Jesus and they talk in other languages and they dance and they praise God. Oh. Someone say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now let's go to the fall feast and I'm bringing it down. Closing number two. The fall feast happened in September and October. Nothing has fulfilled the fall feasts, yet, yet, stay with me. The feast of trumpets. I should have brought my trumpet. I forgot it. My ram's horn. The feast of trumpets. Look at that. See what? It's saying? in the feast of trumpets, it was calling. Trumpets would be blown, calling people to God. Okay. Amen for days they would blow the trumpet calling people to God but they would stop just before the last trumpet and then that would be the day of atonement but don't go there yet Ellen in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 52 you need to look at that verse because Paul deals with the Corinthian church, talking about there in chapter 15, the coming of the Lord, and he talks about the last trump. The day of atonement would happen before the last trump. Stay with me. The day of atonement was a redemption time, was a redeeming time. Amen. When the high priest would go in and sprinkle the blood on the Ark of Covenant, Amen. And and, and He would come out. And when he come out, he'd say, It's done. And the people would begin to rejoice and 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 really celebrate. And then that last trumpet would sound. The feast of trumpets. See, what's so significant about that? Go to go to First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. You'll see the last trumpet. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. When that last trumpet, tie that together with 1 Corinthians 15, and look what you got. The day of atonement, as I said, the high priest would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat of the ark, atoning for people's sins. It was a shout of redemption. Amen. And what does that archangel do in First Thessalonians chapter four, verse sixteen? What does he do? He spits out almond bits. What can you? <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Hey, Amen. What does that archangel do? You're getting it. He shouts. They do that the day of the Yeah. Amen. Lastly, now here's the, here's the, here, this one. When I read this, and this, this is my, my fifth closing, I jumped from, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm meaning business now. You know. The Feast of Tabernacles. God dwelling with man that in the Hebrew mindset they understand that the Feast of Tabernacles is God dwelling with man okay you follow me how many you know you didn't say didn't say nothing you just shook your head like that I don't know if you having an attack or not do you if you follow me Amen. all right how many just light now i know. Mean, Zechariah 14, verses 6 to 19 tells about the coming of the Lord, the second coming, when he comes down and puts his foot on the Mount of Olives and that Mount of Olives splits north and south. Out of that will flow waters, living waters. Amen. Okay? Amen. In Zechariah 14, There is a call that says, celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Christ is ruling here in Jerusalem, ruling the whole world. Wake up! Some of you gone to sleep. I ain't going to let you sleep through this, baby. Uh-uh. I done worked hard. And, and the Holy Spirit showed me. And when they showed me this, man, I about danced to dance. I tell you what, my wife came home and I'm, ah! And she's going, what happened to you? I got some tremendous revelation from Zechariah 14, and I laid it on her. Look in Zechariah 14. Jesus commands that everybody at the Feast of Tabernacles comes up to worship, comes to the temple at the Feast of Tabernacles. He comes now. Let's go back here. He comes back, sets his foot on the Mount of Olives, comes into Jerusalem, defeats all the world's armies, amen, sets up shop in Jerusalem, and that day, you'll see it in Zechariah 14, that day becomes just one day. In other words, that day just continues. And he sends out a decree at the Feast of Tabernacles, you will always come up here and worship. Why did he say that? See, that was a question when I was studying. Why? Why, would he, why wouldn't he do it the Feast of Trumpets? Why wouldn't he do it the Feast of, of whatever? Why the Feast of Tabernacles? Look, you look at it, you read it sometime. And this is when i I'm, I, I ask God, why the focus on the Feast of Tabernacles? Because that's when God Dwells and they will continually celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles because that's when Christ came down and set up his kingdom. So, now what am I saying? This fall could be all, could be. What I'm saying in God's pattern of thinking, He does certain things as He did in the spring feasts. But why were them fall feasts not fulfilled? Because they're going to be God's thinking. Why did He have the Holy Spirit come at the Feast of Weeks? Why did He wait 50 days of Pentecost to have the Holy Spirit come? Why did Jesus come and die at Passover? Why did all these things take place in fulfillment of these festivals? You see how God's thinking? Amen. So when Christ comes back, he comes back at the Feast of Tabernacles, hallelujah, sets up shop, and so every. Feast of Tabernacles, they are to come up and worship and celebrate when Christ came back and took over the earth. Oh, glory to God! Bless the Lord! My Lord is coming soon, folks. Amen. It could be this fall. I sure hope you're ready. I sure hope you haven't been mesmerized. In Second Peter chapter three, verses ten to eleven. Peter says to the people as he's winding down his last letter in the last chapter, he said, what kind of manner, what manner of persons are we to be when we realize that all this stuff is going to pass away and we're going to have a new heaven and a new earth? Amen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you really ready? I, I know I sound like that little kid with crow-toe. Are you ready? <laughs> so every time you hear that commercial now, you'll see, he'll go, are you ready? You go, oh, yeah, brother, hallelujah. <laughs> but now let me ask you seriously. Are you ready? Have you found yourself getting mesmerized and hypnotized and just lulled to a sleep? Hmm? Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Would you bow your heads? Hallelujah. Just bow your heads, please. I want to, there's an old song, it says, Some glad morning, when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. Hallelujah. I'll fly away. Hallelujah. Soon. Soon. Soon it's going to happen. Hallelujah. Could it, could it be happening this fall? Yes. May, will he wait for the next fall? He could. It, that's his call. I, ca- I cannot tell you for certain. But what I do know is the pattern in which he operates. That's as close as I can get you to it. Church. Folks, we can't be caught like the five foolish virgins playing around and miss out on the call. So I'm going to ask you here today, I'm going to ask you to mean business with God. I'm going to ask you to take some little self-evaluation and examination. Am I really ready? Or is it my prayer, God, stir my mind that I will have prophetic vision, realizing that your prophecies are yea and amen, and it's going to happen. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. You say, Pastor, I found myself to be a little, to be slumbering a little bit. I want to cast away the slumber. I want to be active and alive in Christ. I want his spirit to be ablaze a in my spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're saying that and you want me to pray for you, stand to your feet right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless God. Bless God. You that are standing, look up here, please. I have to be attuned and listen to my spirit and God's spirit. Because there are times when we get going and we just kinda, I, <laughs> I get kind of lethargic. And then I have to stop and I say, wait a minute. You see, cause I've got the dominion over my spirit. I've got that control. And I say, no, you won't. You are not putting me to sleep. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, arise. In the name of Jesus, arise, O fire. Arise, O spirit within me. (coughs) Arise and consume this flesh. Consume my desire so that I may be that instrument for your use. Hallelujah! 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 So you see, because bless God, I'm looking at some really powerful people. I'm excited about you. Soon we're going to be up in heaven, brother. Hallelujah. Amen. And I don't know if my mansion's going to be next to yours. I hate the dead, you know. So, so, don't let nothing steal your joy. Don't let nothing steal your relationship with Christ. Ah, Every day. You're praying in the Spirit. Every day you're reading the Word of God. You're dissecting that Word of God. I have read the Word of God through many times, but I tell you, the other day I was reading along, I went, oh, I forgot all about you. And I read some verse, oh, man, it just thrilled my soul. Every day, every day. You're standing because of you, the tenderness of your spirit. You're standing because of the desire of your heart. You're not some chump, you're a child of the Most High. Hallelujah, amen. amen. People come up and uh, every once in a while people come and ask me, who are you? And I'm, well, I am bar Elion. They went, what? I'm bar el Elion What's that? I'm a son of the Most High God. Hallelujah. And it's the Most High God that keeps me straight. It's the Most High God that meets me in the evening and in the morning and during the day that makes life worth living. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. God is setting you up, preparing you for the coming. It's soon. Very, very soon. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. These that are standing, Almighty God, I re- I rejoice at the at the enthusiasm of their spirit and at the desire, the hunger. Hallelujah. I rejoice, God, that they're they're stepping out and taking dominion over their spirit taking dominion over the enemy hallelujah mighty God in the name of Jesus Christ I ask that a a pillar of fire will just spring up in their being in Jesus name and just ignite and consume them because your word says you are consuming fire Lord here we are your kindling just consume us hallelujah thank you almighty God Oh, there are still some people who Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your patience with us and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.